0: The Mind Vine Podcast, where we challenge the stigma associated with mental illness through conversations about a variety of issues impacting mental health. Here, we bring you news, views, and interviews that intrigue, educate, and celebrate recovery. Leading us on this journey are the hosts of the Mind Vine Podcast, Daryl Mathers and Chris Bovey.
1: Welcome to the Mind Vine Podcast, the COVID nineteen edition. Uh, my name is Daryl Mathers. Um, flying solo on this one. Uh, Chris Bovey, my usual co-host, is not with us. It's just me and and some special guests from Ontario Shores. We're going to be doing, uh, we're having three guests to talk about different aspects of mental health as it relates to how our hospital operates, but also information that might be helpful to people at home who are uh, self-isolating or trying to work through uh, this pandemic. So before we get, uh, before we start, Always like to give a shout out to everybody on Ontario Shores. Um, Everybody that's working at the hospital um, directly with patient care or assisting our staff uh, in delivering patient care, uh, as well as those working from home uh, remotely or those who have uh, had their roles changed a bit to accommodate the needs of the situation. Thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you for rising up uh, during the pandemic. to ensure our hospital keeps operating and delivering quality mental health care. So thank you very much uh, to all you out there. So moving uh, moving forward with the podcast, uh, as I mentioned, we have three uh, guests lined up for this particular edition, and our first one is uh, Joanna Ramsey. And uh, as I am working on the video, there she is. Hi, Joanna.
0: <laughs> hey, Darrell. <laughs>
1: You are a clinical dietitian, is that correct?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm a registered dietitian. Um, yeah, working at Ontario
1: Shores. So, before uh the pandemic, can you describe mm-hmm. what your day might be like uh, at Ontario Shores and what are your you know your primary responsibilities in your role?
0: Yeah, so prior to the pandemic. My day starts at at 8 in the morning, and I come in. um, I have, you know, check my inpatient referrals. So I have my inpatients. I have five units that I cover. We each have five units that we cover. And then we each have outpatients throughout the day, through our metabolic clinic. So I have my schedule laid out with uh, my metabolic clinic throughout the day. And then uh, I see my, my inpatients throughout the day. I go to the units to see my inpatients and then our metabolic clinic outpatients they outpatients either come to us in our clinic at the hospital or we would see them through um, our, our virtual appointments through uh, our OTM. Yeah, so some of them we were seeing through uh, the virtually already, but most mm-hmm. would come to our clinic to see us. And so, I'm definitely going to so- the units.
1: So the patients that you're seeing, when you say metabolic clinic, for those who may not be familiar, explain kind of the relationship between um, people with mental health issues at our hospital and the, the metabolic piece.
0: Yeah, so uh, metabolic clinic has been running for over 10 years at the hospital, and it's for those who have a mental health diagnosis and who also have, uh, are either trying to manage uh, their weight, uh, mostly um, patients who've gained weight because of the men- mental health medications, uh, so they might be trying to manage their diabetes, manage their weight, their cholesterol, blood pressure, um, pre-diabetes. So that combination of uh, a mental health diagnosis, any one of those <clears throat> combinations of criteria, so it would help help them to um, manage the the chronic diseases.
1: Now the relationship between. Uh, physical health and mental health, uh, you know, we talk about a lot at Ontario Shores, but even for people that don't necessarily have a, a pre-existing mental health issue, how important are the two between, you know, obviously physical health, uh, nutrition, and mental health, like how, how important is it that all three of them play a role?
0: Um. Very important. Um, those who come to us um, in the beginning often have you know, emotional eating. They're often having you know, excessive caffeine, whether it's through you know, sugary beverages pop or their coffee, uh, a lot of skipping meals. So we see a lot of those trends with our, our, our mental health patients coming to us in the metabolic clinic and even our inpatients as well. Uh, not everybody, but that tends to be a trend. Uh, so helping them to get back on to, or helping them learn how to eat healthy. Uh, can definitely help them to manage their uh, their mental health. And, and our clients often see other services at the hospital for, you know, moods, psychosis, uh, various things, the women's clinic. Uh, so I find that uh, when our clients, or, or even PHP, our partial hospitalization program, so uh, I find when our, our clients come to us, they can also access other services, and it helps with that overall uh, mental health piece. But definitely our clients come to us and they say, help me to get back, you know, help me to eat eat normally at three three healthy meals a day, portion controls, help us with that emotional eating.
1: So since COVID-19 became everybody's favorite word and the pandemic, you know, the reality of the pandemic uh, hit, um, a lot of us, you know, myself included, we've had to uh, work remotely to ensure that. Uh, there 's fewer people in the hospital, um, yep you know the essential service or the support is still there you 're in a situation where you're working remotely um, and your husband mm-hmm. is going into the hospital yeah. every day he 's uh, uh, yeah. essential service at the hospital. How are you managing um, together uh, the like the pandemic? You have very different um, i guess days uh, mm-hmm. in terms of managing your family and your responsibility. Like what, is, what has it been like for you and your husband to manage the pandemic and still have to work in your kind of uh, different ways?
0: Yeah. Um, well, I think we were talking about this yesterday. I think he feels like he has more of a normal – his, his – role at the hospital is a bit more normal. His day is a bit more normal because he's going in and doing his day-to-day work. Um, he still has, you know, extra tasks and is, he's a busier role now uh, with the, you know, COVID-19. Uh, my role, I would say, is extremely different from what it was before. You know, I've got two young kids at home, so I'm balancing, <clears throat> you know, parenting my two young kids and still working, you know, my full work day and, and tending to all my inpatient referrals, seeing all my outpatients virtually. So I'm still having the same Workload um, as I normally would at work, except I'm doing it from home uh, while still um, parenting my two kids. So <laughs>
1: yeah. it's, it's very uh, challenging.
0: It's very challenging. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How are you or How are you managing kind of your own health as you're taking on mm-hmm. this new responsibility uh, in terms of your workday? And also just the, you know, I know I asked this, it's kind of a loaded question because I've, you know, kind of can feel a similar way um you mm-hmm. feel pulled in a lot of different directions uh there's probably some yeah. guilt some guilt on both sides and when you're trying to manage one <laughs> yeah. or the other um so what do you yeah. do to make sure that you're you're taking care of your own health through all this
0: yeah and it's funny you mentioned the guilt because I was just sending a message to my coworker this morning and they're saying you know I feel guilty that I can't parent the way I normally parent I feel guilty that I can't um you know, do my job as effectively as, as I usually do. So the guilt is really there. I'm sure a lot of people working from home feel that guilt. Um, but then you just remind yourself, this is temporary. I'm doing the best that I can. Uh, so as far as stress, ma- stress management, you know, the stress levels are higher. So it's, you know, the breathing, the the positive thinking, you know, positive talk with the kids and, and working through it that way. Uh, physical activity is huge for me. If I can't get my physical activity in, then that's, again, stress is higher. So for me, I'm getting my physical activity in, uh, you know, at least six times a week, uh, to help, you know, feel more like myself. And then food wise, uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, I'm, I'm home, right? So I'm usually in, in my, in my kitchen, working in my kitchen. So, you know, as I'm getting food for the kids throughout the day, uh, it's making sure that I'm, you know, getting my three healthy meals in a day, um, staying hydrated. Um, and then, you know, supper is a challenge because I'm working, uh, longer days trying to fit in my full workday. So getting creative with with uh, my own supper meals that I'm getting on. They're not you know my usual meals that I get on the table, but you know, filling the, the table with veggies in addition to the main course that I'm then that, that I'm serving. Um, and then you know trying to have healthy snacks.
1: It's yeah. it's interesting to see if on social media during this, because I mean social media is even more active uh, now than it was pre pandemic because people have less choices for entertainment, more time to, um, I guess to, to get behind certain causes or to, to post and to read. And there's a lot of memes out there with people, uh, looking into their fridge, uh, out of boredom, um, you know, like jokes about, uh, and, you know, their health deteriorating during this period of time, just because they're, you know, their normal has been, uh, turned upside down. Um, We always like as a society. We always talk about emotional eating or comfort foods and different things Mm -hmm. like that. And I wonder how careful do we need to be because this is temporary. um, We all hope, and Uh sooner rather than later, this will be will be back to normal. But this is an extended period of time where we're we're out of sorts, and um, for a lot of us, turning. the cupboards the refrigerators is something that we're doing more often so how Mm -hmm. you know how much should we be paying attention to what we're consuming and how and all those different uh, factors
0: i think we definitely need to be aware of our own emotional eating Um, i think we're all moving less than we normally do we're moving our bodies less so our bodies need you know um, less overall food energy um so it's a time when we don't need as much food as we as we normally would because we're, we're more sedentary um, so emotional eating I, I would say look at what you're eating for that emotional eating i don't for me personally i'm probably eating less because i'm busier so i have less time to actually prepare my own my own food so it's more kind of that grace um on healthier foods but for for those who you know are, are when they're shopping they're buying their chips they're buying their pop they're buying their uh, cookies sweets um, any of those kind of go-to emotional foods, I would say, take a look at your grocery list as you're writing it, or when you're, you know, ordering online or when you're at the grocery store, however people are buying the groceries these days, I would say, take a look at, um, what you're filling your, your grocery cart with, because if you're buying those chips and the pop and the chocolate and all those, you know, less nutritious foods, you're probably going to eat emotionally on those. And speaking with our metabolic clinic clients these days, emotional eating is definitely, definitely happening. Um, You know, and even if I would say most people, you know, stress levels are higher, we're home more, some people are more bored. I'm not, but some people are more bored than usual. Um, So for them, they're, they are going to the kitchen, you know, they're, they're just kind of grabbing throughout the day. I say, be aware of those hunger cues. If you're not hungry, and it's not mealtime, you know, maybe it's not a time to eat. Mm -hmm.
1: Just when you're, you're still seeing patients uh, virtually, right, at home, as you mentioned, and you're, you're dealing with people that have existing mental health issues, right, and as well as physical issues. I think we underestimate um, the impact that something like, especially early on, I think we're getting there uh, maybe in the media and politically well, with some of the emphasis on mental health as we get uh, now we're into week six of the pandemic, but certainly early on, uh, I don't think anybody was thinking about the mental health impact of shutting down the world for an indefinite period of time and, and even greater for those who already have anxiety or, and depression, which I know, you know, some of your clients, uh, would, would you be able to give, um, you know, just maybe, I don't know, an example or, a, an idea of the impact of some, such a change could have on somebody that already has an existing mental health issue?
0: yeah and i can i can speak on behalf of kind of the trends that i am seeing from my my patients that i'm seeing um i, I one one pattern is uh, sleep patterns are changing so they're staying up uh, some are staying up later and then sleeping in uh, longer um which staying up later is leading to more snacking at night um, and you know what you know snack foods are compared to to meal foods um we're finding that those who are actually continuing with their own normal routine of waking up for usual time, eating their usual foods, um, doing their usual physical activity, those who are continuing with those usual patterns, are. we're seeing that their mental health um, is better. They're not telling us that the mood is lower. They're saying, yeah, feeling pretty good. Um, those who are you know, have that shift of sleep pattern, um, those who are saying kind of, and have our our verbalizing us, you know oh I'm just in um you know I'm in a temporary mode I'm in a you know kind of crisis mode Uh, those are the ones who are kind of struggling to um, get back on track they're struggling with we're we're hearing them say that you know my 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 mood's a little bit lower yet they're not uh, able to motivate themselves to get out and do the physical activity they're not you know looking at the quality of the foods that they're eating so we're seeing those trends
1: so it would seem from there, the, the more we can replicate our, our regular routine, the, the better, even if and uh, requires a little more effort in these kind of circumstances. Mm. That's,
0: what I'm, yeah, that's, that's what I'm seeing with my patients,
1: yeah. Well, thank you very much, Joanna. I appreciate you taking the time to enlighten us in this topic, and good mm. luck working from home and managing your family and, and staying safe. Thank
0: you.
1: So we're now pleased to welcome on the Mindvine podcast, one of our own from Ontario Shores, uh, Sean Carter. Sean's uh, clinical manager in what we call ICAP in our outpatient services at Ontario Shores. So uh, first of all, welcome,
2: Sean. Thank you, Daryl. Happy to join. (laughs) So
1: before we get into uh, a little bit about um, what you do at Ontario Shores and how it's been impacted uh, as a result of the pandemic, uh, how are you coping personally? All this, um, what's what's it been like uh, for you and uh, your family?
2: Yeah, I mean it's a good question. I don't get asked it often for myself. I've been sort of supporting lots of other other people, so uh, thanks for the question. Um, I mean it's been challenging. I think from a work perspective, you know, I'm I'm, I'm happy to be transparent that I am a, a relatively new clinical manager in the last year, and uh, it's really hard to sort of balance, um, you know, continuing to, to provide really or ensuring that clinics are providing really you know, quality care for for individuals while also sort of balancing their safety. So I think the month of March uh, had a lot of question marks and and certainty that caused a lot of uh, challenges. But um, I think as we've moved into April, I think we've had to sort of shift the way we provide care. So it's it's allowed for some really great learning opportunities from a work perspective. Uh, Personally, (laughs) to answer your question, uh, I think things have been Uh, challenging for sure. So, so my family, my wife and I both fall into the category of being two parents who work in healthcare. So things like childcare have been incredibly difficult. And uh, I completely understand my own, our own privilege in terms of being able to work and, you know, from a financial perspective, it not being as big of an impact. Um, But from a childcare perspective, it's been, you know, really, really challenging. Um, And, uh, and and I think uh, this is solidified for us that we are not parents who are going to ever, do anything related to homeschooling. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so it's it's been difficult, but I think from a work perspective, a lot of great learning opportunities, um, and and I've been happy to to support the, the organization and, and and the clinics uh, that I support.
1: Speaking of your clinic and and O patients, uh, so previous to the pandemic and uh, COVID nineteen, uh, what. What did outpatient uh, look like from an operational perspective? How did you see patients? Uh, what you know, what type of patients are you seeing? How did, how was care delivered uh, before kind of the world changed?
2: Yeah, uh, I think sometimes outpatient care. Um, you know, I actually had a bit of a conversation about this uh, before. Uh, just that you know, a lot of people in me don't understand exactly sort of what outpatient care might look like in, in a mental health setting. Uh, in our outpatient programs we provide care in kind of a number of different ways. So in the clinics that I support. Um, we support individuals primarily with the use of psychotherapy. So we're clinics that provide face-to-face uh, psychotherapy, whether in individual format, uh, in group format, or uh, electronically. So we actually have a great ECBT program, which has been really helpful during all of this, and maybe we'll get to that later. Um, so those are the clinics that I support, but there are other clinics kind of in our outpatient program who provide, for example, like our psychosis clinic that provides um, you know, case management support, um, provides sort of help with with obtaining medications for clients, for providing injections, uh, those types of things, we have ACT programs in the community supporting with everyday sort of life support. Again, with medications, with providing kind of day to day support to individuals. So uh, we, you know, we we typically would provide service both at Ontario Shore, So so clients would come to us, uh, come to our clinicians for for that care, or they would. Uh, our, our clinicians would go to them in the community, um, so that 's sort of what support looked like um, beforehand. We support people you know with any kind of range of of challenges from anxiety depression post traumatic stress disorder um, we have a women 's clinic where we support uh, moms um, kind of in that in that perinatal mood or sorry perinatal um, time period um, with with kind of mood disorders that that might come up at that time we have um, you know, we support individuals with schizophrenia, with um, psychosis. Um, we have a, an, an amazing program called MindAbility that's um, that's not one of the ones that I support, um, but it is one in our outpatient program where we're providing um, support to people with mild to moderate depression. So we have kind of a whole host of, of um, populations that, uh, that we support um, and that we continue to support just in a very different way. <laughs> so when
1: word came out that... Uh you know, the province and our government leaders kind of wanted everybody to uh, reduce, you know, traffic in, in, in public buildings and uh, allow staff that can work remotely to work remotely. Um, when that kind of uh, came down uh, to Ontario Shores, how did that impact you um, as a manager of an outpatient unit and mobilizing your team? And and then how has it uh, changed the way you deliver care?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, for me, it was kind of Twofold as a manager, so uh, not only do I support clinics that had to kind of mobilize and provide kind of a modality of service that they weren't as familiar with or as used to using uh, but I also manage our telemedicine department which which has had a lot to do with um, making this possible um, it's been obviously it's a department that's been that was present long before before this and we have a team of, of fantastic nurses who, um, who who, basically run the show in that department. Uh, and they have, for a number of years, been sort of increasing access to care virtually. Um, in a lot of the clinics, that's been something that's been used um, as much as possible, but ne- never have we ever. It's sort of unprecedented times in terms of having to kind of start to deliver all care in that way. Um, so they, they, they were very prepared and, and able to sort of mobilize this Uh, in a way that we could have never done without their support. So so I've been really fortunate to have that as a part of my role. Um, And and though that presented with challenges in terms of them being able to keep up with the volume of people who now needed to to kind of support their clients virtually, um, they've done an amazing job. The bigger challenge was sort of having, you know, a large group of staff in our outpatient um, programs that, that even just by nature of the workspace that they sit in, we're having to sit very close to each other um, so we had to very quickly figure out strategies to kind of keep people apart as much as possible. Um, as And some of those, obviously, those strategies were to keep our staff safe, but also trying to minimize face-to-face contact as much as possible. And there was that, like I mentioned, that period in March where things were so uncertain and we weren't sure exactly what things would look like and what kind of precautions we'd have to put in place. Um, obviously, the organization put in some great measures to keep uh, staff and clients safe, but it was very challenging in that moment to figure out how we would do that. So when, when we were able then to kind of uh, send clinicians home, I think, I think there was a large wave of relief initially, um, you know, that they felt safer. They didn't feel like they had to sort of walk through a hospital to get to their workstation and then have to sit so close to people. Um, so there, there was a, a wave of relief, but I think then, you know, the, there were, were obviously some challenges in sort of taking your workplace and moving it home, just like, you know, some of the challenges that, that we would have as well. Um, so it was challenging, but I think uh, it's it. In the end, it's been re- it's been really positive, and, and there's been a lot of great work happening. And, and really, in a lot of ways, especially in the clinics that that I support in the psychotherapy clinics, they're they're sort of continuing business as usual. They're still providing care uh, in the same ways. They're able to run virtual groups um, still, uh, which has been fantastic. Um, so so it's been a shift in kind of the workspace, but it's been it, it's been overall um, kind of business as usual in a lot of ways, which is which is really impressive.
1: For for you personally, in in managing staff that are now working remotely, uh, that presents uh, challenges as well. So what like how have you stayed connected to your team uh, have you done anything kind of, uh, you know, different or something that you never thought you'd do when you entered healthcare? Um, you know, what has that been like trying to stay um, stay connected to your team from a leadership perspective?
2: Yeah, uh, that's been really difficult. And I think it's been a work in progress. I think at, uh, you know, we were trying to go sort of the, the teleconference route to try to still con- stay connected and have meetings uh, and things like that. Typically, you know, as most managers will say, it's sort of a, a but I always like to think that my door is always open and, you know, people would come to me typically to my office and we'd be able to have these, these great kind of conversations and and kind of work through any issues that might arise or brainstorming. Uh, And, and that's had to sort of shift to to being provided virtually as well, whether it be by by email or phone calls. So I feel like the way that I do my work has really changed. And, and like I mentioned, it's been a work in progress to figure out how teams can stay connected. And, And ironically, um, the same way that's allowed them to stay connected with their, um, with their clients is the same way that we've been able to, to stay connected as teams. So we've been able to, to use some of the platforms that we use like Guestlink and OTN, uh, to stay connected and, and still have sort of face to face contact as much as possible during team meetings. Uh, some of our, our teams, um, most of our teams have kind of a consult structure, um, where, where they're able to kind of support each other and they're able to do that over, over, so, um, we've been able to get creative and, and it's, it was forced to get creative and, uh, and, and I think in a lot of ways, again, it's, it's sort of like business as usual and we're able to do that. Obviously you, you can never sort of replicate, you know, the, the human connection element that that's really important when working with, with teams. Um, but I think we're doing, we're doing the best we can, but it's, it's been, it's been an adjustment for sure in a lot of ways for, every, for everybody. Uh, I
1: just have like one more before one more question before i let you uh, I let you proceed with your day but when you when you think back to this time or you know when we hopefully get through this and you you have time to reflect on this period of your career and your life, um, what will you remember? Uh, about how your team responded to this or interactions that you've had uh, with members of your team around the delivery of patient care around the, this big change, anything to do with the pandemic? Because there are a couple things that you think like, I mean, I mean, that was really great, or I was really happy to see, you know, this or that when, when this is all over.
2: I mean, I, yeah, in, in outpatients and across the organization, I think we're really lucky to work with the staff were absolutely dedicated to the work they do and to supporting our clients and, the, and that our, our, our clients, you know, and our patients come first. Um, but I think what this has really highlighted for me is staff's ability to be flexible. I think it's people have had both on the outpatient and inpatient side really to sort of go back to the drawing board and figure out new ways to support our clients and, and prioritize sort of what's most important and, and find new ways to Engage people who, who who often are are you know are, are struggling even even in, in the best of times in terms of in the community. So um, I think they've had to get really creative, and um, so it's been really nice to see people sort of come together as a community. I mean, you know the the, the rising up uh, t-shirts I think are a perfect way to kind of capture. what have done i think people have really risen up to the to the challenge and and have continued to show dedication to, to the people that they support uh and to each other and and you know seeing being staff who typically don't you know support certain parts of the organization like seeing you know see, seeing a, a gentleman in transportation like Joel you know, running around doing a ton of other things that typically aren't asked of him, or seeing our secretaries in our outpatient departments having to support, you know, 12 clinics instead of the three that they typically support. Um, it's just been amazing to see everybody kind of come together as a community um, and to kind of um, echo kind of what's happening in the larger community and, and everyone kind of coming together to support. And I think it's the only way we've been able to make it through this. So, um, so that's sort of what I, what I've taken from it so far.